not here this lovely evening. It's just, or drink bitch for that matter. Kelly is out. He had a wedding rehearsal today. Unfortunately. So, yes, I just yawned. That was professional. Yay. So, it's now me and tech bitch. Howdy, 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 howdy. He's cooking. He's on asshole duty. Um, asshole duty and drink business. Hey. You will be. You need, you need some wine? I'm drinking soda. I'd be nice. I could. Maybe that'll Whiskey kill my headache. Time, I mean, hey. It might kill my headache. I'm sorry, we all passed the flu like it was fucking cash, my guy. <laughs> this past fucking two weeks was terrible. Last week I was fine. It was the last couple days for me. And, well, you don't count. Man, when it comes to that, you somehow passed it first round. I didn't pass it. No, like you like passed it up. Like you missed it. And then somehow when you went over to cross the street, you're like, hi, motherfucker. Bam! I'm going to drink Stella Rose out of a Harry Potter glass. You know, why not? It sounds great. Very, very Harry Papa. And no, there's no updates for Harry Potter anyway. But I also want to do my own little shout out. I know we've been talking about getting one of my girls on here. Her name's Stephanie. But she's had a little bit of what we call a situation, family-wise, and some mental health things going on. So we got to also take into effect mental health is kind of a thing. What are you looking for? What's the Okay. Anyway, um, so I want to do a personal shout out to her. She graduated from her classes that she needed to take. Proud of her. I promised her I'd do a shout out. She does still do It Works. That is my blood candle. I know. Why the hell did you take it out of the wrapper? Because I was going to use it on my candle holder, but they're too small. 
Anyway. I'm going with this bit. Yeah, I'm going to shove it up your ass in a minute. No thanks. Keep interrupting me, motherfucker. It's going to be that kind of day. Because <laughs> I know research bitch wants to join in and talk about... Wow. One in particular that you were kind of interested in. Any more or are you dropping out of this box? Uh, yeah, probably a lot. Because somebody had to fucking overfill a damn box. Oh my god, you should, You had to break my fucking drawer. And my damn drawer. Nevada Catherine! Yeah, I've yelled at you four times today. Probably more than that, I'm just only counting four. Because, you know, why you the fuck? You can only count up to four. Shut up. Nevaeh Catherine! Oh, be fucking. Ooh, girl. It's been one of those days for all of us. It has been one of these days. It's been a terrible ass day. It's been a mood. I was supposed to do this yesterday, but I failed to do that. I had a freaking headache from hell. So we're. So research bitch is with me. Oh yes, research bitch is in the house tonight. He's already smoking a cigarette. Raise your hand if that surprises you. Probably not. I don't surprise me now. <laughs> hey, I got all the information for a double episode tonight. You got one? I got one too. Oh, triple episode. <laughs> it's gonna be a long episode. I'm good with oh, that, though. Come on, Andyville Horror tonight. <coughs> and Candyman on my end. What do you got? I got the shooting in Norway in 2011. <laughs> From Anders, and I will fucking butcher this dude's last name, Brower? Spot, Brower. Wow, wow. That's okay. Amityville House is up for sale. I thought that was up for sale for a while, though. Like, no one wants that house. Oh, people, no, people have been buying it and living in it since then. Well. It's up for sale for $850,000. Um. It is down from 1.15 million. No. That's a lot of money, though. It's probably real estate, man. It's nice property. Beautiful fucking property. I've seen it. At least online. There haven't been any incidents Unfortunately. Well, fortunately it's only them, but unfortunately that happened. I'm done. That kind of happened. I've got, a, I've got a working theory that they did it just to make some money because they only paid 80000 for the house. Stayed there for 28 days and then left. I mean, that is a possibility. I mean, there was... I have a... There's a... I think that could be it. I also think that there's a possibility that there was... A guy probably had some mental health issues going on that he didn't want to bring to the table. Stolen, but he claims to this day that there was green like slime coming out of the walls. So, 
but yet no one else seen it. But no one else has seen it. Not even paranormal investigators that have gone into the house. So I don't think that I think someone said it just to. I think they said it, and then they told their story to an author who made four million dollars in the first year of the book. Nah. Nah. The book brought in in the first year. The book was uh, it brought in four million dollars. I actually did not know that. I mean, but human nature is to be, you know, to be inquisitive about this shit. You know, we want to know. We want to know what's this, what's that, you know? That's always been... That didn't work at all, did it? No, fuck. But... but the full passed away this year. thing is, we... Well, that guy, I think he had some mental issues going on. That, that, that's a different story. He, his lawyer tried for the insanity defense. It didn't work. It didn't work. He still got six consecutive life sentences in prison. Damn. Well, I mean, that was deserved. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, when you, when you come into your parents' home, shoot your honor and your mother and then all four of your younger siblings. Yeah. I mean, to each their own. I mean, I mean, we all kind of hate our siblings to an extent, but not that extent. Have you ever thought about shooting your sister? killing my sister, but that was because of the medication that was on. Huh? Different thought. Paul's looking at me like I'm crazy. Yeah, because you know my sister. Sasha's a fucking nut. Exactly. Oh, she had a brain. <laughs> you know Wizard of Oz has a museum, right? I think Candyman would be a weird episode, regardless, because they're still remaking those movies. Or adding on to it. Whatever one is, whatever you want to go with. I don't know. Well, I didn't know that uh, Ryan Reynolds uh, started in Amityville's The Awakening in 05. Yep. I've seen that one. I need that one. I like Amityville horror movies. They were always neat. I didn't even know Amityville horror had a book though. <laughs> there. So I'm a failure when it came to that. I sorry guys. Wait, a thirty thirty lover action, and you. And if you look at how big that house is, looking at that house, though, in reality, how did you not get up and get your kids out of the house? I, 
He shot his parents first, and then he went and shot his uh, younger siblings. But the thing is, if you're a younger sibling and you hear that lever action, because the 3030 makes big ass noise. Yeah, it's a, it was a 35 caliber rifle, lever action rifle. Oh. Well, regardless, it still makes a big ass noise. That thing, you're not going to fucking hide. Oh, the house is gorgeous. Don't get me wrong. I'm not that person. I don't know. Oh, I saw that. Right on the Atlantic Ocean. Oh, it's a pretty ass house. There's no doubt in my mind. Bet you anything there's some damn good fishing too. Probably. You probably sit inside your that boathouse and fish. Yeah, it was a uh, lever action Marlin 336C. Ooh. 35 caliber. Well, you know that damn gun's making a noise. I'm just the thing made well the crime scene photos I mean in I believe the original not the original Amityville I think it was the second one they showed actual pictures of the scene I don't remember I one do of them did the address online for the house because people coming and visiting the house wanting to see it yeah Like, they changed it to 108 Ocean Avenue instead of the 112 Ocean Avenue that the house actually is. I mean... What did you change it to? Having people show up at your house? His, his siblings were 18, 13, 12, and 9. Okay. 18-year-old probably would probably be the third one shot. Because they would be put up the most fight. But after the two big shots... Was his little sister. Okay. But still, your 18-year-old would know what a gunshot is. Right. No. And know to evacuate. My kids know if there's a gun going on... They know the fuck to get get gone. Get out. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm weird like that because I've been raised around guns my whole entire life. That I'm like, bro, this is what you do. They make these kind of sounds. Granted, they all make different sounds. But you know, you get the idea. You get the fuck out. What are you doing for me? Oh. oh, it's still loaded. You can't do that. Oh, what? What did I do? You literally scraped my screen against the cup. You can't do that. Well, I was trying to reach so you didn't reach behind and catch yourself. Stay out of my chocolate. It's not just yours, it's the family's. Shut up! Who got it? That's because the bitch hates me. I know. Well, here's, here's something even weirder, though, Crystal. What? Neighbors didn't even hear gunshots. And this happened in the middle of the night. But wasn't their closest neighbor, like, technically... I could be wrong. But wasn't it, like, 
I'm basing this off the movie. Like their na- their whole house was based off like two or three acres. So they were kind of a distance out. Not really. No. Like they weren't all that young. Um, give me one moment here, me. Give me one second. I mean, I like I said, I could be wrong. Everyone. I'm literally moving my gum copa as we're moving. Hi, bang. Hi, Navi. Move your butt. Thank you. Go try Kamo's tar. Move your butt. Thank you. I'm sitting on my couch. Standing is. Yeah, no, their neighbor, their closest neighbor is like literally one house down. Oh, so they're not that far. It's on Long Island. Okay. Right there in New York. Like, they have neighbors on either side of their their property. Their property is literally just a split. Oh. I did Amityville Horror, the movie, kind of doesn't portray the... No, they portray it out in the middle of nowhere. Exactly. So, I'm, like I said, I based that off the movie on that part. Anyhow. So that is a thing. But he had a lot of. That guy was just strange because it only. There was a lot of things going on with that house at the time. I mean, you had the murders and then that guy claiming. He saw green coming out of the walls, which... Hold on a sec, I got bad Wi-Fi. Let me switch to a different Wi-Fi here. Okay. But it actually amazes me. Okay. The things people will do. first interesting stories because if you think about it you know another case that kind of pops into mind about someone's house though is like John Wayne Gacy that house was creepy as fuck just thinking about it Because Amityville Horror has so many different things. But it's a pretty ass house. Like, 
Well, John Wayne Gacy's house is no longer up anymore. But Ronald D. Farrow Jr. is the notorious killer at Amityville Horror House. Which clearly still we're still making movies about this guy. But he died March 12th in prison. And he only killed his parent or family when he was 23. Which is two brothers, two sisters, aging from 9 to 18. His house has been on the market four different times since the murders. Gorgeous looking mansion, sadly, in, in New York. Two members of Suffolk County Coroner's Office removed. Oh, in 1974. We didn't need to know that. We didn't need to know that. Like, they've... Like, they've renovated so much of this house. But this is a gorgeous... Like, looking at the inside... I mean, it has a horrible background. Don't... Don't catch me wrong on this. On this house, but like even some of the pictures of this house, it's insane. But it is 108, which was obviously clearly changed for security reasons. I don't know why my phone did not go off when his call dropped. Why are you being like this? Uh, are you gonna be kind of slow today? Okay, so it's gonna work out. It'll work. As everybody's getting ready for Halloween as well. It's whatever. I'm gonna work on this. Anyway. So This is actually, there we go. Why did it say that it failed? What is going on? Technical difficulties on my end this way. Oh, okay. Because I'm like, I'm trying to make it work, but it's not letting, it keeps dropping. Yeah, it's the Wi-Fi on my end, so I just said, screw it, and, uh, um, just, uh. Because I can do it, it's, n it's no big deal. No, my camera's not working, I don't yeah, I don't know. It's still in the loop. See you. Okay. Whatever. 
I mean, I can hear you, so we could just still keep rolling with that. Oh, that's right. <laughs> as weird as that sounds. I mean, it, would, it would not be a normal podcast if we did not have some sort of technical uh, tech issue. No shit. Oh, okay. Whether it be a traffic order or anything else. Exactly. Okay, so where were we? So we were kind of experiencing the Lutz family. The Lutz family, that's right. 28 days after they moved in, they moved out. I feel like that's kind of quick. The Lutz bought the house in December of 75, a month after uh, Ronald Defoe Jr. gunned down both his parents and all four of his siblings on November 13th of 74. The Lutz only bought the house for $80. So he he's never actually given a reason about this, has he? The only reason that he said was that he heard whispers in his head telling him to do this. Um, he actually died on March 12th of 2000. So he died this year at 69 years old. That's a hell of an age to die, by the way. No. Uh, Go by daddy, tricycle motor. But the day they moved in, the Lutzes had a priest at the house to bless it. The thing is, why would you have a priest? Well, I mean, I guess to try and clear, if you're kind of that person, to clear evil spirits that are trapped from the house from the horrible situation. Yeah. I mean, Uh to each their own. Well, yeah. But at the same time, George Lutz claimed the priest felt an unseen hand slap him in the sewing room and a voice say, get out. I mean, so the priest is feeling this and then you got the guys feeling green slime. Or seeing green slime. Um, there were sounds the front door would slam in the middle of the night. 
couldn't get warm in the house for many days. Um, he claimed that he would mysteriously wake up at 3.15 every morning. Around the same time the default murders were believed to have happened. Well, that is at kind of a specific time, though. 3.15? Yeah, 3.15 nearly every day. George Lutz would wake up. Um, at times, his wife was physically transformed into an old woman and once levitated. Oh, this is George Lutz. Uh, this is the, the father. Oh, I was a good man. Yeah, anyhow, one night he heard his children's beds uh, slamming up and down on the floor, but claimed he couldn't do anything because an invisible force was paralyzing him. They left everything. Like, they just got up and left 28 days, reportedly leaving their possessions behind, including clothes in their closets and food in the fridge. Um... Two months later, a local TV crew did a segment on the house, bringing in so-called ghost hunters and paranormal experts to evaluate the couple's claims. It was like a slight psychic slumber party, reporter Laura Dido recalled to ABC. The team took several photos inside, including a now infamous image, apparently showing a ghost boy peering out from one of the bedrooms. Right. Psychics agreed that there was some kind of demonic force present in the house. So this picture of this boy shows up. Let's see if I can move it up quick. I'm pretty sure we have. I've seen that picture. I feel like that picture is actually in the movies too, like at the end of every fucking Amityville horror. I'm almost pretty fucking positive that at end of all of the Amityville horrors, the kid w is standing in the window. I'm almost betting that. But the thing is, no one's talked to the most... doesn't look like, based off the articles that you've given me, no one's actually talked to any of the recent owners. See if something's happened. It's reported. I found a link here. I can. Oh. I found one. Bubbies! Nevaeh! Nevaeh Kepler! I know what you want. Freaking. Oh, Anyhow, here's the, uh, the article with the with the picture of the ghost by they're saying it's John Defoe in the picture that they took. But it's on the steps. I just sent it to you in your personal messenger. Yeah, I see that. Um, seventy six, two years after the murders. Um
George Lutz revealed the Amityville Ghost Boy photo on the Mark Griffin show back in 79, three years after it was taken. It was supposedly captured by Gene Campbell, a pro photographer who was part of the team who worked with the paranormal investigators, Ed and Lorene Warren. Gene had set up an automatic camera that took infrared pictures and captured a second floor manning during the night, equipped with black and white film. side-by-side comparison in the article um, of the ghost boy with John Defoe's picture next to it and there is a there is a interesting uh, resemblance um, others believe that the image is that of Paul Bartz um, and that the white eyes could have been caused by the infrared film. Apparently dozens of websites have set out to prove or disprove the Amity Ghost photo. Um, most people have yet to be convinced one way or the other, which is why it's still around and um, in almost every movie. Like I said, the Lutz, here's what the Lutz family experienced for supernormal activity. George Lutz had a history of dabbling in the occult as it was. So he could have brought whatever was in the house with him. It, being an occult, though, doesn't mean technically mean paranormal, though. Not necessarily. There are certain things that can come about from the occult. See. With paranormal stuff. Take a look at the Ouija boards. I want my Ouija board back. With some people that I have talked to about Ouija boards, they've experienced some pretty weird stuff if they don't close it out properly. Navi? Paul won't let me have a Ouija board in the house. He's made that clear. What? I am not allowed to have a reason right now. Nope. Not the rest. Anyhow, George was said to wake up at 3.15 every morning, which was around the time that Ron carried out his murders. They claimed to smell strange odors, see green slime oozing out of the walls and keyholes. Uh, experienced cold spots in certain areas of the house. When a priest came to bless the house, he allegedly heard a voice scream, get out. He told the Lutzes to never sleep in that particular room in the house. Um, other paranormal activity, a nearby garage door opening and closing. An invisible spirit knocking a knife down in the kitchen. Pig-like creature with red eyes staring down at George and his son Daniel from a window. 
George waking up to his wife Kathy levitating off their bed, sons Daniel and Christopher also levitating in their beds. Um, and from this article here, uh, George and Kathy both took lie detector tests after telling people this to prove their innocence and they passed. Okay. Polygraphs can be um, bypassed. There are, there are ways of bypassing a polygraph and passing one. Um, there, the couple was on. Go ahead. I was going to say, there is, but they're also, like, polygraphs are also known to be pretty accurate regardless, too. So it's like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it also, you got to think, though, based on that time, they were also very easy to fake back then. Yeah. Yeah. Versus now... It's a little bit harder nowadays because yeah. of computers... But there are still ways to trick a polygraph. Yeah. Even now. Um, I guess they were bogged down in legal and financial financial issues, which prompted to believe they had motive to create create a story to tell the public and sell. Um, their former lawyer William Weber fell out with them over money issues. Came out in 79, claiming the three of them came up with the horror story over many bottles of wine. Uh, their son, Daniel, who lives in Queens as a stonemason, claims the house ruined his life and that he continues to have nightmares to this day. Uh, Ron, who is, as of March of this year, now dead, was serving six 25-year life sentences at New York Correctional Facility claimed he heard voices urging him to kill his family. He has he had since changed his story multiple times. What did he change his story to, though? Uh, their biography.com is not saying what he changed his story to. Um... Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, so apparently the Lutzes fabricated the entire story that became an urban legend. Uh, the only thing that wasn't fabricated, however, uh, was the murders of the Defoe family. It's open. Um, when 23-year-old Ronald Butch Defoe Jr., Butch being a nickname, uh, eldest child confessed to murdering his entire family in cold blood. Parents were Luis and Ronald Defoe Sr., his siblings, 18-year-old Dawn, 13-year-old Allison, 12-year-old Mark, and 9-year-old John Matthew. Um, they were regarded as a catalyst for the spirits haunting 112 Ocean Avenue. However, some urged that the Defoe family were also victims of the house. 
so uh, they're claiming spiritual no, killings for the house. Yeah. That's not how that yeah. works. Yeah, what I'm, what I'm thinking is that there's, there's people out there who believe that this house is sitting on a ley line, which is a spiritual nexus, so to speak, where, um, because there's spiritual ley lines all over the earth. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, there's even some here in Whitewater where I'm at. Um, the Whitewater College initially was built during the spiritualist movement. Um, the water tower at Starin Park is known as the Witch's Tower. Instead of the iron bars pointing outward to keep people out, they're pointing inward to keep the witches and the witches' spirits inside. Uh, the occult, I, I've, I've done a little bit of amateur research, kind of like I do for this, but on my own, into the occult and into witchcraft. Um, why? Just because I find it fascinating. Uh, some of the stuff that people have come up with over the years. But Witchcraft um, is still a very, very good... Witchcraft is still a very good... Um, religion i would say yeah. it's very followed well and that's that's where it gets kind of blurred because there's two different types of witchcraft there's white magic which is what the wiccan faith and ways follow which is good magic <clears throat> and then there's also white magic or the black magic or wiccan during the spiritualist movement, but it wasn't really defined. Um, and, you know, I mean, this is, this is something that comes quite a bit. It relaxes things. And I, I thought that I would to bring out the possible cuts. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know you're cutting out, boss. Inspired. Uh, sorry. Uh, Roland Jr. You know, his murder, the murders of his family, inspired one of the greatest Halloween movies and horror flicks of all time. Yep. What would Halloween be without a good scare every now and then? That's the sad, like, that's true, but it's sad, though, at the same time, because we needed, we have to face reality, because look yeah. at the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That was based off Ed Gein. Ed Gein yeah. is nuts. Fuck. But he never did half the things that Chainsaw Massacre did. They just emphasized it. They, they, they glorified which Hollywood is great at doing. Um, They're also great at blacklisting people. Um, very good for I'm losing. Yeah. Let them know. Boss man, you're cutting out, boss. 
You're cutting out. I mean, if, if, if you think about there it, you take a look at... I don't see how I'm stationary. I, I just got you again. I don't know what happened. It's just... I don't know. I'm running 5G on my phone. I don't know. You lo I lost you for a hot second, and then you're back, so I don't know. I've learned to stop asking questions. Uh, well, I... Yeah. So I've just kind of learned to go with it. But... I mean, the Defoe's, you know, Roland Defoe Sr. was a car dealer. Like, that's all he did for his life was uh, he worked at a car dealership. Yeah. And he worked with Roland, with, with his son, Jr., at the dealership. Oh. So, and his, you know, his wife, Louise, the mom, um, was only 43 when she died. Roland Sr. was 44. I mean, if you look at Bush's family, like, they were normal. That's also like saying Chris Watts' family is normal. I mean, he was literally working. You know, we didn't, from the outside looking in, that whole family looked normal. We didn't know that he oh, was yeah. cheating on his wife. <laughs> At the time. Um. Just like Jeffrey I mean, Dahmer was fucking with him. His lawyer tried getting him an insanity plea. Well, his lawyer clearly sucked it, if he was hearing work. voices. It didn't work, obviously. I mean, he was still in prison. Yeah. Um, I feel like, though... I mean, him telling us that it was, you know, he was hearing, you know, voices, but yet changes his story. I, I think that probably helped him get off the insanity plea. Yeah, and one thing that I just came across is, uh -oh. I guess, uh, Roland uh -oh. Sr. Okay. Um, was abusive to Butch. To twenty, you know, to Roland Jr. I guess he was abusive, um, and I guess uh, Roland's Roland Jr. Uh, because of his abusive father and passive mother, the boy's troubled childhood led to substance abuse as an adult. He not only lashed out at his father, but once even threatened him with a gun. So there's, like, abuse, but... Oh, so at that point, I mean, if they've got history of abuse, it kind of went to retaliation, but instead he turned on his brothers and sister, too. 
Yeah, and I guess DeFoe Jr. changed his alibi several times after the authorities found all six members of his family dead in their beds. They were all found the same way, face down in the beds. His siblings were only shot once. Each. That's the worst part, though. And they're saying that the whole thing took, oh, maybe 15 minutes. Um, and after, you know, after the murders took place, obviously the Lutzes bought the house for 80000 and moved out after 28 days. Um, they told their story to Jay Anson, the author who wrote the book in 1977, The Amityville Horror. Um, and then in 79, they made the first Amityville horror film, which kept the same name as the book. And it was really, it was remade in 2005 and it just grew into a classic after that. I guess that makes sense. I mean, uh, from what I'm seeing here, Anson's book used 45 hours of the family's recorded interviews as a basis for it. 45 hours of interviewing the Lutz family. Um, and one of the three Lutz children, Christopher Quarantino, um, who was... George Lips's stepson, I believe, confirmed that the hauntings happened. However, he also said that the events were exaggerated by his stepfather. Um, George was curious about paranormal activity and actively tried to summon spirits, but had a financial motivation to sell his story to the media due to the family's severe debt. Weber and Defoe Jr.'s attorney said the haunting was all a hoax, which he reportedly conjured up with Anson while drinking. Um, It changed hands for decades with nothing but price fluctuations and a change in address serving as notable incidences. I mean, it's a Dutch colonial, five-bedroom, three-and-a-half bathroom with a boathouse on a canal off Long Island Sound. Yeah, well, it's a nice-ass house. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I'm trying to come out tired. Spoopy season. Most recently, the house sold for six hundred in two 
2017, the house sold for $605,000. But with after all these murders, they keep changing hands pretty... Janine O'Neill bought it in 87. They sold it in 97. So that's, you know, 10 years. Ten years. Okay. They sold it for 310000 to Brian Wilson, not the Beach Boys singer, by the way. Oh. But again, in, you know, in 2017, the house was sold for $605,000. So these people who buy it are usually decent. You know, they've hit their their like they they make good money. Well, A, they're making good money, first off. But B, they're keeping it for a long periods of time, not the Lutz family that are twenty eight days and I'm done. Yeah. And like I said, you know, like I was reading and saying there was nothing. Paranormal going on with any of the houses in recent years. Um, I looked up last night how much the house is, you know, going for now. And like I said at the beginning, the house for is currently for sale for eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. See, if that the was me, the house was built in the nineteen twenties, so it. This year alone, the house is is over a hundred years old. Yep. See, if that was me, though, if I could afford that kind of house, I don't make that kind of money. First off, right. But if we I made that like a national lottery for that, Nevada Catherine. Oh shit! But if we, if I made that kind of money, okay. First off, I'd actually buy that house, and I put it as a like a national museum, and put it as, you know how Jeffrey Dahmer has his own little tour thing, which you found out. Yeah, well, oh yeah, definitely. And like, I, I would fuck it. People want to see it so damn bad. Why live it? I'd probably spend a night or two there just to see what it was like myself. But I'm weird like that. Well, I've lived in haunted houses. That, don't bother me, none. That's true, too. But, I mean, I'd make it kind of like a. Um, I'd make it a tourist attraction. Like a bed and breakfast or an Airbnb type deal. Oh, that would be cool. You know? So everyone can spend a night or whatever in these rooms or whatever. Flip it. Well, I mean, Fuck you. Like I said, it's a five-bedroom, three-and-a-half-bath house. No bad, Catherine. Oh, yeah. In Long Island. Like, yes, it's Long Island's South Shore. That doesn't count. The North Shore, which faces the Atlantic Ocean. But, with it being waterfront property, that's what makes it worth more. So it makes any any house worth more is if it's got waterfront property. Go, go, go. But the amount of 
the things that they could do to that property alone. Oh yeah, definitely. Like if 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 I were to if I were able to have eight hundred fifty thousand dollars to buy this property, I would do just that. I would buy it. I would turn it into a tourist destination because so many people want to fucking just take a look at the outside of this house. Even. Just look at it. Let alone take a tour of the house. Make money just off the tours. Oh, definitely. Like you, you, you'd make so much money just off of tours alone. This is where mom and dad were shot. This is where little sister was shot. Oldest, eighteen. You know, twelve, eleven, and nine years old. Like, come on. I'd be making the amount you would make you would make that $850,000 back in the first year alone oh yeah pro- then, if not more you would you would be making buku bucks off of just tours of that house yeah. and that's what I said if you do Airbnb you're gonna if not quadruple that money much more. Open it up for tours during the day and at night. Have it be an Airbnb. You know how many and people, people crash there. Fuck. It. They'd be like, fuck. Do you know how many horror buffs there are in the world <laughs> that want to go and see this fucking house? As I would. Is? I would love to see the house if it was available like that. Because right now, they're not going to. Oh, definitely. That's why the that's why the city of... That's why Long Island changed the address. Because the owners of the house, over the years, were getting tired of people stopping in and asking for tours of the house. I mean, if you're living there, that would be kind of annoying. But, like, at the same time... Oh, yeah. They didn't know how to show what they had. They didn't know what to do. See, like, during the day, I'd put mannequins in there, and I'd get look like it just fucking happened. Why? Make more money. (laughs) I mean, there's enough latex and fake blood to go kill a fucking dead horse out here. Well, yeah, definitely. And then... Well, the thing is, the amount of cleanup to do in order to make it a BMP or whatever. Well, that's, uh, that's why you just, you know, leave the stage, you know, fake blood on the sheets and you just store them away. Yeah. You don't bother cleaning it. You just store it away. It'd be a full-time job, dude. If you got that kind of money for that house anyway, you might as well. Oh, most definitely. Okay, so on to our next case. Yours, go for it. Oh, you want mine? Okay, we'll jump into mine. I was, we could definitely do that. So I was looking at. Anders Beering Bevic Beering Bevic. He's got two last names that start with a B. So fuck, I am sorry. Like this happened the day 
was July 22nd, 2011. In Norway. Okay. Interesting. Yep. First off. I don't think we've been to Norway yet, have we? No, we have not. Because nothing ever happens in Norway. So. Yeah, it's, like, it's almost like Switzerland. It pretty How much. Can you trust a military that has a, uh, a, a corkscrew on their, on their pocket knives? Well, they don't really get involved in anything. They're kind of like passive aggressive, I guess you could call it. Like, they don't. They're not like the American by any stretch of the means where we we see something wrong, we gotta jump the fuck in. No, we don't need to all the time. But at the same time, I get it. They don't want to be involved. It's not our problem. And that's what they literally think about. But due to this attack alone, they started really um, started stepping up their game on what was going on because of what happened. Like, this was actually it still continues to Um, haunt Norway because it literally killed 77 people. Because the perpetrator, which was Anders Bering Barvik, he has no military background or training. But he is described as a right-wing Christian extremist with a hatred of Muslims. Keep that in mind. Throughout this whole conversation. Because of what he does. So. Fun fact to him. Why do I say fun fact? But it's not really. He was. He was more of. The blonde hair. Blue, blue eyes. Kind of person who wanted who actually ended up getting surgery to make himself look more of Hitler's view on people on how they should look. Yeah. So and he dyed his hair more blonde. You know, he made himself look like the oh, I forgot what what did Hitler call it? Uh, Aryan, race. Aryan race. Thank you. I had to ask Paul. That's sad. Sorry, that was terrible. I'm like, he, but he, he had this specific way, and he was plotting this for a long, long fucking time. Okay. And from what I found, 
because as you were talking us up, I decided to uh, do a little digging into it just a smidgen myself. Um, he dressed up as a police officer. Yes, he did. But early life of him. So he was born in February 13th, 1979 to an economist at the Norwegian embassy in London and a nurse, which was his dad. And they split up when he was about a year and they moved and she, they moved back to uh, Norway. Why did I say Belgium? That was weird. They moved back to Norway because they were in London. And then, so he grew up pretty much with his mother. She has the cap off. So he only visited his father in Paris for the summers and things like that. And he had a falling out with his father when he was 15. Cutting off all contact with him since. So his dad didn't know who he was after that. Alright, and then... Yep. Which... This goes really, really far back. So, in high school... He started taking online classes and small courses. This is where he starts starting to plan, is when he's in high school. That's why I went farther back. And he's, like I said, he was planning it so far in advance. He actually, you know, he had some, they had some strict law. He visited Prague in the fall of 2009, hoping to buy weapons and chess in the Chestnut capital, which is has, which some ha- which has some of the least strict gun control laws in Europe, but he was unable to do so. So then he returned to Norway. Okay, so he started getting fertilizer. He bought a farm. He bought six ton of fer- six tons of fertilizer. He wanted to become a vegetable farmer. Right there, we already know six tons of fertilizer is not... You don't need it. No. It's a small business. It's a small small farm small farm so think about it this way it's a small farm so you're looking at it that way so well someone fell on July 22nd she's cranky but Bomb ca- the bomb exploded in the car outside of the office of the Prime Minister. I'm not even going to try pronouncing the names. 
I do apologize. In central Oslo. Which the blast, the powerful blast killed eight people and injured hundreds. So right there, you had that. Which people started to come towards the city thinking something like it was a terrorist attack. So you had police officers go towards the city. He's the only one dressed in uniform heading outside the city. Only one officer. That started to... That actually had one person call the police thinking that it was strange. But at the time, it didn't the fixed there is eleven what Jens Stolenberg. Stolenberg. Okay, see I couldn't pronounce that. Fail in my life. Jens Stolenberg. Not a problem. Yeah. See, I can't yeah, I wouldn't be able to I See? See, and then as they were all doing that. There is a political youth summer camp going on at the same time for the labor camp. Which is pretty much all of Norway. Yeah. Mainly teenagers. Yes. Mainly teenagers, sadly. So. In Utoya. In Utoya. Yep. He actually after he committed uh, the bombing shootings, the bombing at that time, and then he he yeah, got to after the rampage shooting that it was uh, an hour and a half after the camp shootings. Oh yeah. Sorry, you kind of cut out for a second, so I'm like, it was an hour. Oh, my child, you're dying. There you go. Oh, but so the so he boarded the ferry, and you for Utoya, which is 25 miles northwest of Oslo, and he was armed and dressed in police uniform. And he went to the the youth camp, which is Utoya is a little island, literally just an island surrounded by nothing but water. And from what I understood it, it's actually kind of like raging water. So you can't like swim to it. You can only get to this island through this one fucking ferry. So from another source, they said that the ferry state the guy stated he noticed it was weird that they only sent one police officer, and the guy was blaring. I don't mistake this on. He was blaring something on his iPod the whole time, but the ferry driver didn't think twice about it. He just thought it was odd and kept driving. I mean, I don't know many cops that would have iPods on the store, but I whatever. But an hour and a half after this thing, 
he the reached Yatoya and commenced his rampage. He killed most of these. He killed six, 69 teens at this point. Yeah. So he emailed a manifesto to 5,700 people entitled a European Declaration of Independence. And these, he attacked multiculturalism as a threat of Muslim integration. It was it was a eighteen hundred page manifesto to five fifty seven hundred people titled twenty eighty three a European Declaration um, where Brevik or Brevik attacks multiculturalism and the threat of Muslim immigration to Norway as well as Marxism the Norwegian Labour Party. Um, he copied large sections of the Unabomber Manifesto, which, and writes that he's a savior of Christianity, and also claimed to be part of the Knights Templar. Which is very strange because I'm not a hundred percent sure with the Knights Templar, but I'm pretty sure they never really went this extreme. First off, the Knights Templar were was believed to be an organization from the First Crusade. Okay, so this is dating back to the medieval times now. Um, with the Knights Templar, uh, let me see if I can bring up something on it. Daddy, can you change my little bed? Yeah. The Knights Templar have been in multiple movies. The Knights Templar has also been in um, the movie... Uh... Yeah, okay, so here it is. This is according to History.com, mind you. The Knights Templar was a large organization of devout Christians during the medieval era carried out an important mission to protect European travelers visiting sites to the Holy Land, which we attribute as Christians to Jerusalem. Um, while also carrying out military operations. Wealthy and powerful, mysterious Why order that has fascinated historians and the public for centuries. Um, they're also believed to be the basis for um, the American Freemasons, basically. See, I don't. The, the Knights Templar was basically the start of the Freemasons. Oh. Um, So, like, it's interesting that he would claim to be a Knight Templar. Because, Wait. honestly, the Knight Templar, 
the Knights Templar would never have gone to that length. That's what I thought. By the Catholic Church. Hold on. Hold on. The Catholic Church, though? Let's just be real about that for a hot second, though. Look at what they did to the Native Americans in Canada. Hold the fuck on. I'm not I'm not gonna battle the religion aspect, but look at what happened. Oh, I know. Hold on. I'm not gonna battle this religion aspect because I will You would lose. I hate fucking hate religion with a I can take multiple sides to different religion. I fucking hate religion to a personal aspect, but this the Catholic religion has earned a good place on fucking hell at this point for that one. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. For that whole okay. aspect on that. They kind of did. They did it themselves. Don't argue with me. They kind of earned their own hole in there. That so far out there. Not gonna lie. They are so far out there. And honestly, the stuff that I've heard about the Catholic faith, you know, involving popes and some of the, you know, preachers in it, you know, the fathers and whatnot, has me never wanting to become a Catholic. No offense, Cliff. <laughs> as, as he's talking to his roommate. No offense, bud. Like, well, he's, he's Catholic. Um, I don't hold that against him. He's a good guy. It's whatever. Hold on. But there are so many things that has happened in regards to the Catholic faith. And with some of the priests in the Catholic faith, you have to look at him and wonder why. Mm. Okay. Why would a religious faith condone, now I'm not saying all Catholic priests, but there is a good chunk of them, that have touched little boys? Mmm. Mmm. has been going around for years. Even when I was, even when Crystal, you and I were growing up, that was a big thing. But the God forbid you fucking bring that shit up to a fucking priest. They cover them shows up. Nope, that didn't happen. Nope, they cover that shit up like my conspiracy theory. They covered that shit up like uh, Al Capone covered up his bootlegging here in Wisconsin. <laughs> I was gonna say something different, but cool. You know that. Just saying. <clears throat> but the Knights Templar, yes, they were endorsed by the Catholics. However, they were started by King Richard the the Lionheart, which was King Richard the Third, when he went on his first Holy Crusade to Jerusalem, to the Holy Land, yeah, in search of the Holy Grail. Now, with the Knights Templar, they were they did find a bunch of treasures and whatnot. Nobody knows what happens to them to this day. The Knights Templar are one of the world's biggest mystery organizations out there. Yeah. Next to the Illuminati. We all know that they exist, but we don't know who they are. 
True. Anyhow. Anyway, go on. To Norway. Back to this guy, unfortunately. So, when he got to the island, he started saying, I'm a police officer. I'm here to help. And he opened fire. Literally, there is... Things were happening. There was open shots. But he kept running around saying, I'm a police officer. I'm here to help. And just opening fire. Yeah. The shooting spree in total lasted 90 minutes. The police could not even get to him. They couldn't get the boats fast enough. They didn't have access to it. They yeah, it was there was only a ferry that went to and from the island. Yep. And they even attempted to get on a boat, but literally the boat started to sink because it was too many people. Yeah. Um from what I'm seeing on biography here, I don't I don't know if that's the website that you're looking at this on. Oh, um, I'm bouncing between several, so you're good. That was one of them. Yeah, um he pled not guilty in a closed door hearing on July twenty fifth. Um said saying stating that he belongs to an organization with terror cells that remain at large. On August 24th of 2012, Norwegian court sentenced him to 21 years in prison, which is the maximum sentence allowed in Norway. I still don't believe that he should have gotten... I, Norway should have extended I mean, it for that extent. I for mean, for real. For something on this scale, I think he should have gotten the chair myself. Yeah, but Norway doesn't believe in the chair. Oh, they don't have a death penalty in general. Well, this um, chair. Well, like I said, they don't believe in the chair. I mean, I would have brought it back. Just for this I, case alone. <laughs> uh, Fuck sure you, bro. Hey. <laughs> we can't be... We're not here and over there. Yeah. I mean... Um. He literally... He thought he was doing the right thing. And in, in, in his own mind, he may have that. Uh, you said his father was abusive, correct? In his, in his younger years? In his younger years, they, were, they just discontinued. There was really there not was too... There sort of falling out between him and his dad. Yeah, there was a falling out, but it was never specified what exactly. But it was 15, he was just done. He didn't want to go back. Like, they tried, in in one instance, they thought that maybe video games, because he played Call of Duty for 17 hours a day, that could have brought him to this point. I don't think video, video games okay, could have done that. I'm a gamer myself. But I can't sit there and play video games for 17 hours. Oh, fuck. I got kids, bro. I can't do that. I can't do it. I look at Paul and he's eight like, no. Nah. maybe, but 17? No. I gotta sleep sometime. Well, Paul has played for 17 hours with his cousin. No, I haven't. 
With Virgil? Now for 17 hours. It's because you have no life. I feel like you but have. Like, you know, for any, for any normal person, 17 hours. I feel that's like that's a long ass time to be playing video games. But he would do it every day. Like, not just once in a while, like, when you're gaming with your cousin constantly for a night, and then you guys crash the next day and you die. If I really get into a video game, I could go for a few hours. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to go for 17. I've never gone for 17 straight hours of video games. If you do, you fall asleep. You fall asleep playing. Like, I have legit fallen asleep playing video games with my roommate. I have literally fallen. I've, I've drunk played before. I mean, there's that. Like people well, even. There are some games that are fun to play drunk. There are some. Uh, there are some games that are extremely fun to play while you're baked off your ass. Not gonna lie. Yeah, but like there is yeah, even one of those games that's fun to play when you're, you know, baked but, off your ass. But. Either way, you couldn't really, for 17 hours a day, then just pretty much crash and then do it again. I couldn't do it. But he never really did anything else. Never. At all. This guy was in freaking insane that way. Oh, it, it, yeah, definitely. And um, and another thing is, like, the amount of terror these kids were in, some of them have even attempted to swim to shore when they literally couldn't because of the current, and some of them actually did drown to try and get away. Yeah, ABC News uh, covered this. Um specific case it, out of uh, Stavanger, Norway um, like he killed a total of 77 people People. yeah um, and I, I just found his timeline so at 209 he sends the manifesto to 1,002 people, email addresses, including Norwegian politicians and journalists. 317 parks a white van outside the government corridor in Oslo, loaded yep. with 950 kilogram bomb, leaves in a separate vehicle heading for Utoya Island. 325, bomb explodes, killing six women, two men. 517, he arrives in Utoya on a boat from the mainland, dressed as a policeman, carrying an arsenal of weapons in a suitcase. A fucking suitcase, people! And no one cared to think about this. Shooting starts. It was, and then in 90 minutes, he killed all those people. And then... From, From... 7.15 p.m. when he arrives in Utoya on the boat to 6.34 p.m. when he gave himself up to police to be arrested. Oh, yeah. 
He didn't even fight. He gave himself up to armed police. Like... On April 16th, 2012, trial begins. Entering the courtroom with a clenched fist salute similar to that of the Nazis. Yep. Like I said, he was... He even had surgery just to look more Aryan. He was insane. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds terrible. Sentenced to maximum 21 years in prison. He will serve his sentence in a high-security three-room cell with access to a gym and computer games, but very little contact with other inmates. July 2015 begins proceedings to sue the Norwegian state for violation of human rights. human rights of those kids that you shot plus you know yeah exactly like hello what about the kids that what makes you think you get freedoms that's what irritates me like like that's what that's the weirdest you kill somebody you ain't got nothing you ain't got shit and you don't give shit that's what bugs me the most because he's like oh they're human rights I'm like you gotta think there was, I think they said it was like 160 kids on that island. You killed over half of these kids. And parents only found out if their kid was alive if they called them. And they never heard their phone go off. The phones, even the first responders were hearing the phone calls. The phones of these dead kids going off. While they were getting the bodies off. How was that right? some more to go on here for this timeline. Fuck. Okay. March 15th, Ugh. 2016. Returns to court in a special in a special prison facility for the beginning of the hearing. He enters giving a Nazi salute. What? Okay. April 20th, 2016. The Oslo District Court rules that his imprisonment violates Article 3 of the European Convention on Human Rights, which prohibits inhuman or degrading treatment. The government says it will appeal. An appeals court overrules the previous decision March 1st, 2017. June 21st, 2018, European Court of Human Rights rejects his appeal. I mean, well, good, because he deserved to uh, get his appeals rejected because he deserves to sit there and rot in jail. Oh, yeah. Fuck I mean, it he's up. only served 10 years of his 21-year sentence at this point. He only gets to serve 21 oh, years, and that still bugs me because he can get out and no. still hang babies. Um, he can still procreate, people. That happened in 2011. But, yeah, not too many people did. He can still procreate. Good. Don't worry about it, Alex. 
What was that? He, uh, Crystal? When he gets out of prison, he can still procreate. Yeah, I think he shouldn't be allowed to procreate. To be honest with you. You know, I don't... Let's just be real for a hot second. Some of these people are still alive. Someone's gonna find out he gets out. If the police... Oh, yeah. I was gonna say, someone's gonna figure out he's out. He's gonna die. Okay, you, you, you murder 77 people and you only get 21 years? Come on. Someone's gonna say justice hasn't been served and they're gonna do it on their own. And then they're gonna look at him and be like, I'll tear... It's going to happen. It's inevitable. Someone's gonna say it and someone's gonna do it. I don't know who. I'm not giving any ideas. But someone's gonna be like, mm, I did it. I'll serve my 21 years in Norway and call it a day. Someone's gonna do it. It's gonna be an inevitable because it, because you look at it in the justice system in in the United States. You kill 81 people, bitch. You dying in prison. <laughs> Just saying, if not death row, not <laughs> or death, you know, you're gonna die. Period. Oh yeah. There's no way you're not dying in prison. Well, either he's 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 either a gonna die in prison in the next eleven years, or he's going to get out and one of the survivors is going to come after him. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm claiming something's gonna happen to him. And uh, you know, at that point, the Norwegian government may or may not go. I'm washing my hands of this. Do what you're gonna do. I mean, if I, fuck, if I was a cop, I'd be like, did you see anything? Nope. Okay. <laughs> we walk away. <laughs> and the sad part is, is that there's plenty of police officers, even here in the United States, that do that. I mean, yes, but I mean, for selected, for this selected instance, there, I would. There are. Fuck you mean. There are good police officers. I'm not going to lie. There are good police officers still on the force nowadays. And I have great respect for them. True. Uh, but for this instance alone, good or not, or something like that, I'd walk. I'd be I'd like, be good, bro. I would turn to the other cheek. Not gonna lie. I don't care how much training and bullshit I've been through. I'm sorry. You fucked up the minute you did this shit. You are sitting on your own. Because if I had to bring him home and drop him off at somebody else on his doorstep, because he's got to go home to somewhere, and you got to release him from prison, I'd be like, watch your fucking back. You're going to have a fucking target on it. Because the minute you're done, you're done. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye, bitch. Oh, yeah. So, like... And from what I'm seeing here, the product used in law was part of the Oklahoma State from 75. Here's what they're claiming. Is it, it was released of the Oklahoma City bombings back in 1990. Yes. 
So the combined death toll of the bombing and shooting approached 80, making the attacks the deadliest in the country since World War II. Yep. So, like, I mean, you, you have to ask yourself, it, you know, in his, from his perspective, do you think it was worth it? No. Do you think that doing what he did made any kind of difference? No. But you're asking me to sit on his perspective. That right there is hard. Okay, here's something interesting. In November of 2011, Point-appointed psychiatrists concluded that he suffered from paranoid schizophrenia. But a second court-ordered examination determined that he was sane at the time of the attacks. That's kind of a double-edged sword because schizophrenia can show as early as... um, 15 to some, but 16 in others. So that's like a... Schizophrenia can show up in younger children as well, though. Yeah, but they say it's it's harder to detect and determine that. There are telltale signs. like. I agree to that. I'm going to side with you on that, there, though. You know, there, there are reports of 9, 10-year-olds taking and killing family pets just for the hell of it. Okay, I don't call it schizophrenia. Just I think because they get a kick out. I think that's a different type of issue. But I feel like they didn't they didn't do I feel like he's got something that was going on but I feel like they didn't cover it enough. Oh yeah, something must have made him snap when these attack when he committed these attacks. Like, nobody just gets up one day and decides to. The thing is, he's been planning it for a while. And then go to an island and then shoot a bunch of teenagers. Nobody gets up in the morning and says, "I'm going to go bomb a political building and then I'm going to go kill a bunch of teenagers." You're sick. Go to sleep. You're sick. Go to sleep. Okay, so are we ready for Candyman? We can definitely cover Candyman. Okay, so this has definitely been an interesting show tonight, not going to lie. However, this will be the end of our Halloween episodes on murders and crime for Halloween time. In Texas, between 1970 and 1973, 
a total of 28 boys and young men were found in Houston after being raped, tortured, and murdered by Dean Coral. Well, there. Otherwise known as the Candyman. Damn, why did that... Okay. 28 victims between 1970 and 1973. That was you pretty all quick. Know, you know, the movies, the Candyman movies, you say his name in a mirror five times, and the ghost will appear with a hook hand and come to kill you. Real life, there was a killer with the same nickname who is even more terrifying than somebody coming at you with a hooked hand. To be fair, though, I'd probably would rather have a hook. <laughs> to be honest, I'd rather have the hook, the hook hand guy come after me than this guy. At least um, I can tell you if I don't say his name, he ain't coming. Right? Word. You're not looking in a mirror. That's like Bloody Mary. Did you not just hear? I said, say his name five times in a mirror. Go for it. Do it in the dark for all I care. That's like Bloody Mary. Go say Bloody Mary three times. It's like the Bloody Mary thing. Like you say her name three times in front of in a mirror, and she supposedly shows up. So that's um, when you go downstairs and start playing with the fuse box. Actually, I'm not allowed to do that anymore. I did that to my stepson and literally scared the shit out of him. I painted glow in the dark eyeballs onto my hands and made them look like they were blinking. <laughs> Fuck that. He's 12 and still does not trust me in the dark. Um, you got grounded. No, you. <laughs> That's so funny, though. Yeah. I, I was in a doghouse for a good while after his mom and I had a laugh about it with him in the room. Um, it wasn't so much the fact that it was dark. Like completely pitch black in the room, and all you see is glowing eyes coming towards you, looking like they're blinking. Um, what freaked him out was the fact that he had his laptop as a source of light walking towards me. All of a sudden, here I am, six foot two, glowing eyes on my hands, going ooh, and yeah. <laughs> I, guess I was going for a two hours. I was trying to scare him and my one roommate's daughter at the same time. She wasn't in the room when it happened. Would have been more funny if it had that happened. <coughs> oh, he screamed bloody fucking murder. I'm sure the neighbors heard him. But you know the you know that high pitched little girl's banshee wail. Yeah, my kids done that. That's what came out of my 12-year-old stepson. Good God. The funny thing is, my my son does that, 
when I tickle him. Just saying. Oh, he did this, and then he started crying, and I felt bad because I made him cry. Well, I mean, there's that. I, I, I mean, I, I, I can I, do I that. just seen a preview from Pan's Labyrinth where he, Pan's got his hands in his eyes. And his hand, yeah. Yeah. Huh? They never cries. I know. Um, anyway... Back to Dean in Houston, Texas. Um, he was known as the Candy Man because he would lure young boys to his vehicle with candy. Man. Much like the Muffin Man from Drury Lane. That's still fucked up, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely agree. I wonder how those muffins tasted, though, to be honest with you. I'm kind of curious now. Like, yeah, he would cut his competitors up and bake them into muffins. I just thought of fucking Todd Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd, yeah. And their meat pies. I was like, fuck, bro. Was the basis for Sweeney Todd? To be honest with you, probably. (laughs) I mean. Thinking back on the Muffin Man episode that y'all did, it wouldn't surprise me. Ah, not at all. But I'm not sure. Just because, you know, <laughs> just because of some of the research that I've done and the basis for so many things that we've come across. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we did some research and Jeffrey Dahmer did take pieces of people and threw it in the chocolate factory. That he worked. Do I know? No. Don't quote me on that. I have yet. I. I well, I mean, if, it's possibility. If, if if you want to know a disgusting fact about M and M's and early M and M's, uh, the shells were actually beetle shells at one point in time. Well, that fucked up. <laughs> Just like. Coca-Cola, when it first came out as a cough syrup, had cocaine in it. Oh, I see. I knew that. I knew that. Yeah. Um. Anyhow. Uh, Candyman. Dean Coral. Or, I don't know how the hell to pronounce his last name. So we're just going to keep calling him Candyman. Um, was shot dead 48 years ago. Um, and are still um, finding victims on his property in Texas. Well, damn. In Pasadena, Texas. Um, 48 years ago, Dean Coral, or however you, Candyman, was one of the country's most prolific serial killers, was shot dead in his home in Pasadena, Texas. So he was shot dead. Was he shot dead by someone else? By police. Oh. Oh. I believe. Um... Oh, no, actually, it was 
his accomplice. He actually had Elmer Wayne. Henley. Why did he have an okay? He had an accomplice during this time. Uh, his killing spree ended August eighth, nineteen seventy-three, during a violent fight at his home. Accomplice Elmer Wayne Henley fatally shot him, shot Candyman multiple times with a twenty-two caliber pistol. It was then that Henley confessed to police all that he knew and led police to the graves of the dead. Jack Cato, a reporter for KPRC2, accompanied Henley and police as Henley led them to a shed where he and Candyman had buried some of the murder victims. Cato allowed Henley to call his mother on his telephone and captured the conversation on film. Henley has heard saying the words, Mama, I killed Dean into the receiver. Well, fuck. Dean being the candy man. Um, the killings were also dubbed the Houston mass murders at the time. Eh, that's um, not a cool as ring. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, um, Texas. EQUU search announced. They will soon begin searching for the remains of any additional victims. And this one was as of. When did this one come out? Uh, okay, so as of August 8th of 2021, um, they are going to be searching, they are going to continue searching for more bodies. Um, Candyman was an electrician and former candy store owner, hence the moniker, the Candyman. Uh, conscripted the help of teens David Owen Brooks and Elmer Wayne Henley to lure other boys to his apartment where they were handcuffed and shackled to a plywood torture before, before board before being sexually assaulted and killed, according to Associated Press. Uh, Candyman's killing spree ended August 8th, 1973, uh, when, as I said, Henley fatally shot him multiple times with a 22 caliber pistol. <coughs> so did uh, um, his accomplice, is he in jail? I don't know for sure. Um, oh. I wasn't sure because if he's still alive, he might be another one we have to write. I know Chris Watts is on our writing list. Uh. 
Yes, they were both convicted. Both Henley and Brooks were convicted uh, for their roles in the murders. More than likely, he's not in uh, he Texas. serving six consecutive life sentences. Uh, Brooks died in a Galveston prison oh. hospital in May of 2020. Due to complications of none other than COVID. Damn you. Um, COVID takes them all. Yeah, well, COVID took one of these two. Oh. Um, the EQ search, the Texas EQ search, uh, believes that a significant number of, uh, Candyman's young victims that haven't been found. Um, Henley himself admitted that not all the killings the killer's victims had been found. Um, they killed so many that the heartless predators couldn't remember exactly where they put all the victims. So there, there's more to this than just the 28, the 28 confirmed and 28 known victims. That's insane um, to not know where these all these people are buried, but yet to know there's more than that. Yeah, Elmer. Um, and who the fuck names are Kim? Because Elmer. Twenty-nine brutal slayings by the trio took place before the term serial killer came along to the public. Um. As news unfolded, uh, parents as far away as Austin monitored where their sons wandered at night. Um, Candyman promised the two accomplices money to help him abduct and kill the boys, but they never saw a dime. Uh, the victims were all young boys from the ages of 13 to 20. He would tell potential suspect or subjects, not suspects, sorry, that he was taking them to a party. He would either sedate the victims without consent or offer them drugs, alcohol, or mind-altering substances such as glue or paint to huff until they were rendered unconscious so he could have his perverted way with them before killing them. That's uh, their still bodies a lot. would later be discovered in four separate burial sites. That's um, the thing, though. Even though, you know, these, it's buried just on his property alone. What if they're in, like, forest preserves, too? You know, somewhere where people have a harder time getting at. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, in, you know, on that note, you know, the video case which is still ongoing um poor girl's never gonna see fucking justice this poor girl's never gonna see justice i'm sorry no i don't think she'll ever see the justice that she deserves because they are now saying that it wasn't her boyfriend's body found on the nature preserve i don't know that's they're awaiting dna tests on the remains Someone said that it. There's someone who stated that they look like deer bones. 
because they're very small. It's a very good possibility. And I'm like, I don't I know. They have proposed dental records that confirmed it in the beginning. It was dental records that confirmed it initially. Yeah. Well, now people are requesting DNA proof. DNA on these bones. So, I mean, it's it's all very well and possible that Laundry's still alive, just had all of his teeth knocked out and put somewhere else and got paid once. I mean, I'd knock his teeth out too, but hey. I'd knock him down his throat so he could choke on him. But that's me. Oh, that, uh, that'd be my point. I mean, I'd fucking knock his teeth out that way. But at the same time, you know, if... If they really wanted to play it smart and, you know, if that case, because I'm still not sitting right with that case, too. That's why I'm watching it and I'm still following it. There's too many variables right now. Yeah, there's too many potentials of what it is and what's not. I I don't like it. Um, Yeah. Like, even when they said they found the body, did you notice the mom not even shed a tear? She didn't cry. Yeah, I did notice that. Like mm. she didn't. She didn't shed a tear. Neither did Dad. Dad didn't shed a tear. I'm which, sorry. Regardless which, of I'm, I'm, you know, as a father myself, if one of my kids came up missing like that, I'd be bawling my damn eyes out. If they said that was my kid down there, yeah, I'd be down there fucking trying to ID the goddamn remains. I'd be down there damn uh, demanding DNA proof. I would have been out there looking for my kid since day one. Not oh, yeah. going out on shopping sprees and all this other shit. For him. Hers did. Well, oh, they yeah. didn't have to because they'd already found the body. Oh, yeah. And then the day that they decided to go look for him, they find the body. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have I a feeling. I mean, daddy may have paid for some plastic surgery. I, that I have so many issues on. I that case is still ongoing. I'm uh, very yeah. We're gonna we're gonna put a pin in that case for now. Uh, that case. But according to just like the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse case, I'm gonna cover that one soon too. What? Uh, some of Candyman's burial sites that they had uncovered were a rented boat shed. <laughs> High Island Beach, a wooded area near Sam Rayburn or Jefferson County Beach. Uh, By the time the bodies were discovered, the case was known as the worst case of mass murder in United States history. I could see that. Well, I don't know if I would say we're... It, I, it, it, it ranks up there. It's let's, up let's there, it yes. It ranks up there in one of the worst. Oh, yeah. I give it that. I'll give it that. That's Because, it. I mean, if you think about it, the Osage tribe. Yeah. The, the, the Fed's first national case. Far worse than this. Yeah. And it is it is pronounced Osage. Uh, I would have fucked up that statement. But we did, but we also apologized multiple times for it. That is true. Um 
Uh, the only reason I know this is because I have a transgender grandmother who is adopt who was adopted into the Native American community who confirmed the the name of the tribe for me huh. over the phone. So, um, but that's a whole other story. Um, the that that case was far worse. I mean, we'll still never know what happened. You know? No, no, and I don't think we ever really that, will know whatever happened to the Osage tribe. No, which is actually pretty sad. You know, but... I mean, it's it's almost like, you know, what had happened to the Mohicans. Yeah. We're never going to probably know. No. I it have a feeling... I think that could the Mohican tribe. I think that was a mix of different things as well. Yeah. To be quite honest, but that's no here or there on that. Um, you know, there's a few that I don't know. A few things that don't sit right, but this. With this, they're claiming it to be one of the worst. I think it could be up there as it could be ranked, you know, in the top, but it's still not the worst. <laughs> I'll be honest. I mean, even though you think about mass murders, you know, how do you want to clarify mass murders? Yeah. Because you could clarify mass murders as 9-11, too. They took that whole thing down. Yeah, you could also classify 9-11 as what they did classify it under, which was terrorism. attacks. Oh, yeah. You could clarify that. You could also go uh, as even, far as... Even the Norway shooting, you know, the, the Norway shootings that we just covered. Whew. They were, you know, they classified that under a terroristic act. Even though that was, should have been, that is because of what his motives were. That, that is probably the only reason why. But like, he could have been, I don't think he had any motive other than he was just a prick. Um, let's just be real. I don't think any... He wasn't really involved in any organization that he wanted to be in. I think he was just just a dick. Honestly. But it's still rough either way you look at it. All all of us as nations have huge possibilities that are endless when it comes to murders and whether it be spooky or you know simple I guess you could say even though no murder is ever simple but we all learn from it yeah it's sad. I mean, we're still learning that people can be very manipulative 
just like in Candyman, like in your case, the one that you're, well, you chose to, but yeah, yeah, whatever. And then, and He's good. Um, here's something interesting that I just uh, looked up or that I just found on this specific case in general. September 25th, 1970, an eight-year-old boy from Austin, Texas, became David, became Dean David and David and Elmer's first known victim. Nine years old. That is so oh, young. Eighteen-year-old. Eighteen-year-old. Sorry. Oh. My bad. Damn dyslexia. Um, the young man was hitchhiking from the University of Texas to. Brazewood Place District of Houston and was never seen again. His lifeless body was buried uh, at High Island Beach on December 13th of 1972. 14-year-old boys and all, and also an acquaintance of Dean and David uh, were lured into Dean's Yorktown apartment, murdered and buried behind the boat shed. January 13th, 71. 15-year-old vanished on the way to a bowling alley. His younger brother, who was also Dean's youngest recorded victim, was kidnapped and murdered along with his older sibling. Both of the brothers were later found buried in the boat shed. March 9th of of 71, 15-year-old gas station attendant was taken on his walk home. He was shot in the head and buried in the boat shed. His remains were not found until October of 2008. That is too long. Yeah, so, like, this happened, you know, quite some time ago. I mean, this happened, you know, in the early years of my own mom's life. I mean, my mom was born in 1970. That's still a long time for a murder, especially like in this magnitude, to go especially unnoticed. Oh, yeah, especially without finding the remains. Like, with the advances in technology now, there is... There has been so many advances in technology that you would think that most of these murders that had happened years ago, such as the Zodiac killings, the Candyman, they would have found all the bodies. They would have figured out exactly who did it. That's true. I mean... There's a lot of murders that have happened that we still don't know who's done what to who. Okay, here's something interesting I just found Mm -hmm. in regards to Candyman. Um, IMDB.com in 2019, I guess there is a movie called... The Killer Clown Meets the Candyman. What? Yeah! What is it, like a John Wayne Gacy versus... Sorry. Actually, 
Actually, it, in the description here, it says, have you ever wondered what might happen, what might have happened if serial killers John Gacy and ah! Dean Carl or the Candyman met Charles Manson? The fuck? Where did Charles... It stars Edward X. Young, Jeremy Woodworth, and Eric Fleecing? Oh, I don't know who any of those are. That is, what, what kind of... Jeremy Woodworth plays uh, John Gacy. Mm. John Link plays Manson. But why? They're... But at, the, at this point, why? you have to ask Hollywood, why the fuck not? But... <laughs> I okay. Let's just be honest though for a second. They Gacy and the Candyman were kind of around the same time period. I give them yeah. that. But Man Manson was around Texas and wasn't he a little bit earlier? Or was he around that same time, too? I know he's dead, but fuck. I've never actually been into Charles Manson, so... I always thought Helter Skelter was such a weird situation. Manson was... Manson actually died in 2017. Um, well, I know he died I then, but I thought, like, his killings and stuff were... Earlier. Yeah, it was primarily the 60s. So it was right before his started. And then he got arrested pretty... That whole group got arrested. Yeah, the Manson family. Around 100 followers. His whole thing on Helter Skelter was from the Beatles song. Yeah, he followed the... Off their white album in 68. Which was stupid. By the way... And from what I'm seeing here, Paul McCartney said that the playground slide in Helter Skelter was a metaphor for the rise and fall of the Roman Empire. Which, I mean, if, if you think about it, it's a very good possibility. And it's a decent metaphor for the rise and fall of the Roman Empire. Yeah, he was, a, a Manson family was arrested in 69. Yeah, they, they, he didn't start killing people. We'll, we'll cover Manson at another time, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but, because there's a lot to go on for him.
I don't have any type of records. Yeah, so um, in 75, Brooks alleged that the Candyman had committed oral sodomy on him. So David Brooks, one of his, one of his two accomplices, claimed oral sodomy. Ew. Yeah. Um... And that's according to a police officer quoted in a, like I said, a 1975 UPI article. Um, it says here that Candyman coerced the boy to join him in an array of atrocities over the next three years. Um, David Brooks was 12 years old when Candyman started to befriend him and basically coerced him into helping him kill these other people. Because uh, Candyman was 24 and was drafted into the army in 64. What is with serial killers and going into the military? Later. I don't know. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you, to be honest with you. Um, military will literally take anybody. Yeah, generally. Depending on the branch. What military was he in? It doesn't say. It just says the military. That's it says the name is, oh, Army. Army will take just about anybody as long as you're 18 or older. At time of enlistment. I was going to say, because look at the Army Jeffrey Dahmer. Getting in for boot camp and basic are minimal compared to, say, a, the Navy or Air Force. Uh-oh. 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 You're down the wrong hole, buddy. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Here comes the Army, motherfucker. Ah, uh, he took a uh 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 uh. I, I was tech bitch. I was referring to guidelines for joining. He's saying minimal um, compared to the Air Force and all that. Did you just? I cheating? tried to get into the Air Force myself. Uh, I couldn't drop uh, the weight that the recruiter wanted me to to get into. I was the pregnant when I uh, yeah. So I felt. All okay. So <laughs> then you know it's all about the ASVAB then. Yeah, I aced, I passed the ASVAB my first try <coughs> well, for the Air Force um, because that's the branch that I wanted to go into. However, I couldn't drop the weight that the recruiter wanted me to to get down to basic. What he was saying is that the Army would take almost anybody. No. That's what he... That's all I'm saying. Because look at uh, all we, the serial... We, we can go down that rabbit hole at a different time. Because all I said was the serial... I would have had an easier time getting into the, Air Force. the Army than I would yeah. have it, trying to get into the Air Force like I wanted. Yeah. I probably could have transferred from the Army to the Air Force. Easier. After basic. But I would have had an easier time getting into the Army versus the Air Force. Is what I'm saying. 
But the, the army doesn't go off of what your weight is. Actually, they do. They didn't when I was trying to get in. What year were you trying to go in? About 13 years ago. Yeah, they still, they still went off the weight. Yeah, but an army recruiter didn't want me down underneath 200. They didn't want me at a buck 99 like the Air Force did. Yeah. Oh, no, that's because you'll sweat that shit out in the basic training. Shit. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> My weight kept fluctuating between 2 and 210 at the time of me trying to get into the Air Force. Air Force, you have to be Air, under that. Air Force is a cakewalk. My oh, have my God. In like 25 minutes. Here it is. That, little... is that is fine. That is your opinion. I didn't <laughs> care. I wanted to, what I wanted to do in the military was what my mentor in photography did. Oh. This is what he was stationed over. My mentor in photography was stationed over in Germany during the fall of the Berlin Wall. Okay. And he was able to get some very beautiful photos of some of the German castles that are still standing to this day while he was stationed over there. And he was also able to get some great shots of the Berlin Wall before it fell. That's fair. Um, and that's what I wanted to do is I wanted to do photography, aerial photography, I think would be fantastic and fun as hell to do. Granted, I'm afraid of heights. I don't do ladders. <laughs> I mean, I maybe you never catch me jumping out of a perfectly good airplane unless I am forced to I at would. this point. <laughs> I mean, I will never go skydiving ever. I'm sorry. I would. <laughs> See, I was going into the air. I want. Wanted to be I wanted to be the Air Force, so I feel all that. I passed my ass up. So and that's, to... You know, that's that's what I was trying to do, is I wanted to be in the Air Force. But the uh, argumentative of the Paul, Paul being like, this bitch, he took his oh headband off, he's oh like, ready no. to go? I'm like, shut up, bro. <laughs> Digging down the wrong hole. <laughs> I've got more friends in the Army, and I'm like, shut up, bro. I wanted to be in the Air Force. Why the fuck you want to be in the Chair Force? Like a Chair Force. <laughs> but you know i mean with with serial killers in the military a lot of them yes uh, and you know paul this is this is no jab at the army yes it because is i do have i have <laughs> mad respect for all military personnel no i don't my grandmother <laughs> was in the 101st airborne division of the united states army during vietnam nice um, Stop licking me. And so, I mean, that's, you know, my dad's past, my, one of my dad's old pastors from his church taught karate at the church. He was a chaplain in the army. He's the one that told me I would have had an easier chance of getting into the army over any other branch of the military. Yeah, just because of how different the basic trainings are. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, army basic training is... Good. Sweat your ass off and get your ass down to where they want you to be. Exactly. I I went in at a hundred and eighty pounds, eighty two ish pounds. Don't look at me. I don't know. I came out of uh, basic training by itself at a hundred and seventy four pounds, and I I was I was fit. I gained weight in AIT because of the muscle. 
that I put on because I was doing more push-ups, doing more sit-ups, and I was running more. I was running faster and everything else. He looked really good when we first got so, together. I'm not gonna lie. So I actually lost weight and then I gained weight, but I put on muscle. And it was it was actually probably the best shape of my life I was in. Oh and, yeah. Um, and Benny blame my cooking. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, I think I was saying outside, you know, while I was on um, it's easier for somebody to get excited into the army. Yeah. You know, weight-wise than it is any other branch of the military. I just like and to then, argue with... You know, in the Paris, I would try to take the, the brigade and my weight was fluctuating. I was waiting between 10 or 260 weight points. Yeah. All I was riding a bicycle everywhere I went because I didn't have a car. I didn't have a seat. I think I didn't get my driver's license. Why? Because I Why but, pay for gas when you have a perfectly good bicycle to ride? Exactly. And with where I was living at the time, uh, up in Spooner with my dad, um, that town is literally seven miles by seven miles. Oh. I've walked every inch of it. Yeah, you probably could. You can walk that in about two hours. Give or take. With a with a um fifty pound rock. Uh, I mean I probably could. I walked it backwards and got my father lost and he grew he, he's lived there pretty much his entire life. Going from his apartment to him lost as I walked in I mean I don't have this problem. You couldn't join. I can't join no more now. You could. You could join. You could join up tomorrow. You. You'd have to lose weight for it, but you could join. No. Can you get my? Uh, I need. You need Tupperware. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Can you clean the? Uh, Silver container in the dishwasher. Uh, you you keep saying um. Okay, well, here's here's something interesting that I just found on the Candyman killings. In January of 2018, a Polaroid okay. surface that uh, authorities okay. said could depict a 29th victim. They can depict it. Uh, the photograph. You're counting out. Yeah, it's a 29th victim. Okay. Uh, reportedly shows a young boy possibly handcuffed, what appears to be the trunk car. So handcuffed in the trunk of the uh, car? ABC in what appears to be from a car. Yeah, handcuffed and inside the trunk of a car. Okay. Uh, A reporter reported filmmaker Josh Vargas that he discussed the photo while showing research for a movie 
and looking through Henley's belongings. Now, again, Henley, one of the, the two Henley accomplices that Candyman had. Henley's also the one that shot Candyman. Uh, looking through those pictures, Vargas said, this Polaroid fall and the frame scene falls I photos in everything and I see his implements in the toolbox and I see this kid right there with his handcuffs on his arms uh, authorities reportedly showed the photo to Henley who said he didn't remember that specific boy he believes the other victims remains undiscovered. Uh, the search for answers continues. So this is still ongoing as of 2018. They are still looking for answers. Um, for looking for Mm. Uh, I can I can see the picture. The Polaroid looks like it was burned a little bit, but you can clearly see that it's a cup. The kid got handcuffs on in the trunk, and there's a tool box um uh, you're like cutting out um, there you go josh vargas uh that elmer wayne henley's mother had boxed up after her years oh wow so, I mean, if falls out, I think and yeah, like you're... That's all from Vargas. That is what Vargas stated. Um, now, Dean came by his his nickname, the Candy Man, because his family owned a candy factory. Oh, come on. I'm switching. And he was known to be generous in handing out free samples to local youngsters. Okay. Um, unfortunately, he had ulterior motives. Uh, David Owen Brooks was among the kids whom Katie Mann supplied sweet treats. So that's how he met the kids. That's how he met the kids. That's how he coerced them. So there's his victims. Um, the younger ones, anyway. Um, like I said, when Brooks met him, he was... Brooks was only 12 years old. Um, their friendship lasted years and eventually turned sexual as well as homicidal. Um, 
How do you look at someone and be like, dude, I, from looking at them like growing up, like I, I'm sorry, I used to babysit for a while. I could not look at them and be like, mm, good, boy, you look sexy. Uh-uh. i like, boy, you look like my kid. What the fuck? Knock it off. <laughs> I'll fuck you up. I, I don't know. That, that's how I look at kids that I've ever babysat. I look at people like, mm, I used to change your diapers. And now you're out dating and being all grown up? Hell no. Fuck, is that some bullshit? Yeah, so... Ew. <laughs> you know, Elmer Henley, the boy I killed him, uh, joined up with Brooks and Ken in 71 at the age of 15. Um, originally intended to be a victim... And reportedly determined that the strapping team would make another fine henchman. Um, Candyman reportedly told Henley that he worked as a recruiter of a white slave ring operating out of Dallas. The Candyman offered Henley $200 for every young male. He Henley claimed that he initially ignored Candyman's offer. But after his family hit grim financial times, he relented. So Henley did this to try to help his family. Like $200 for every young man that he could get back. Um, once it became clear, however, that Candyman was only in it for pain and murder... Henley reportedly went right along and is believed proved to be particularly sadistic. In fact, he brought many of his own friends to Candyman to be violated, tormented, and slaughtered. They know how to find them. They know how to find each other. Yeah. Well... This nightmarish operation continued to brought two more potential victims to Candyman. However, one of them happened to be female. The breach of pattern occurred five days after Candyman killed 13-year-old James Dremala, who would turn out to be Candyman's final casualty um henley then 17 convinced timothy curley 19 to hang out at any man's house along the way they came across 15 year old Rhonda williams a friend of curley's who was upset because her father had just beaten her up the guys invited Rhonda to join them upon seeing the girl in his domicile K-Man flew into a rage. He took Henley aside and fumed that the team had ruined everything. And regards to Candyman got the trio deliberately intoxicated on alcohol and marijuana until the when they were all three had been bound, gagged, and laid face out and down on the, past the floor. Candyman held a pistol to the back of Henley's head and again expressed fury over a female being present. 
Penley negotiated his way out of his bindings by telling Candyman he'd help savage and murder the other two. And he once untethered, Candyman murdered Henley to rape Rhonda Williams while he raped Timothy Curley. Oh. And so Henley got hold of Candyman's gun and repeatedly said, You've gone far enough, Daddy. I can't have you kill off Candyman. I'll kill my friends. So basically, Elmer ended up being the hero because he shot Candyman in the forehead. Um, it didn't kill him. He unloaded five more times. And no, that's confusing as fuck right there. Like, he shot him once in the forehead. I know your forehead is one of the strongest portions of your skull, but normally when you get shot in the head, doesn't matter where, it's going to hit your brain and it's going to turn off certain functions of your brain, which is either A, going to kill you, or B, put you in a, into a catalytic state or comatose state. I bet she was going to die. Yeah, it didn't kill him. So he unloaded five more bullets into him, which killed him. Um, Henley and Brooks eventually got sentenced to life behind bars for their participation in Candyman's deadly reign. Henley has long worked with authorities to locate and identify burial places and remains. Brooks, somewhat surprisingly, is up for parole this year. Um, this is as of January 8th, 2018. Um, so like, along with authorities, movie director, Josh Vargas is hopeful that discovery of the Polaroid will help. Close one more cold case, he told the press. Even if we abandon the film project today, the greatest news could get, or we could get, would be that the last, at least something came of this. Maybe somebody may recognize their son, brother, cousin, whatever. Um, and then... On the website here, it says if you have any information whatsoever regarding this photograph or the child depicted in it, please call the Harris County Institute Forensic Sciences. Um, I'm going to send you this link, Crystal, if you want to copy and paste it to the page. Um, so that way we can get uh, this information out there. Um for the uh, families of the victims. Um, okay. Yeah, definitely. Because we definitely want people to know. 
Yeah. Like, I'm all for, you know, trying to help out police with cases and whatnot. Like, I don't mind it. Like, I think that the police need our help, you know, need help from the public as much as anybody. I agree. Because even though we don't specify that enough, there are still victims of other people. Crimes out there. You know, I mean, I would, you know, personally, I'm one of those guys that would go out of my way. If I saw a woman or a child being accosted in the street, I would stop my vehicle if I'm in one, walk up to the person doing the accosting or, you know, hurting that, you know, hurting that woman or child. And I would savagely beat the snot out of them because I don't condone that on women and children. To be honest with you, I really don't. I was raised better than that. Exactly. And, like, yeah, I might watch a whole bunch of crime shows and stuff like that with my wife and grew up on them with my mom and my late stepdad. But my stepdad always told me, if you see somebody being hurt in the street, take the time out of your day to go and help them. Exactly. So, and that is the one thing that I will still do to this day. Going on 19 years after he passed away, I will still uphold that one family value that he helped instill in me. And that's a good thing to have. I mean, right now, as it is, that's what more people need in this world. But I think we've covered it all for today. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I do too. Um, so what? out of curiosity, what are we up to now um, as of this week for listeners? Whew. Getting off that topic to go to this topic. Okay. <laughs> Well, I know that usually, you know, we do updates and whatnot. Tonight, we kind of just jumped right into everything. Yeah, this Uh, week we kind of did. Fair enough, fair enough. So, out. So, more listeners does Paul need to uh, put a ring on that finger of yours? Well, we're at 776. Nice. Paul, 30, uh, 30 listeners since last week. That's good. So Paul, though, hasn't got too much time. Huh, sweetheart? I guess not. Dun, dun, dun. He's ignoring me. Uh, well, you know, tech bitch, since Kelly can't ask it, did you get lucky last week? Uh, no. I was actually sick and... Everybody was sick. Everything was going on. It was was fucking terrible. The flu happened. That's what fucking sucked. Are you sure it wasn't COVID? Uh, 
Oh, we are positive. Because I can tell you emergency doesn't taste good going in the first time anyway. But it tastes like shit coming out the second time. Yeah, yeah, it does. I can attest to that one myself. So, I can guarantee you that wasn't COVID. And the smell alone was nasty. So, if I can smell it and taste it, I, I'm sure COVID didn't touch me in this house. And it only lasted 24 yeah. hours. I was... Well, oh, that's, that's good. Oh, I was that's ready good. to die. I literally... I, I was done. And then Na Navi had it. He had it. I ha I was done. I was like, nah. Mm -mm. I was ready to check out. But nobody else got it. Thankfully. Yeah. Well, during the early onset of COVID, um, there was four cases of it here where I'm at. And I sat next to him on the couch. All four cases. Never caught it. That's nice. Never fucking caught it. And got fucking lucky, that's for sure. No, I just have that damn good of an immune system at this point. That's from I'll all of... I'll chalk that one up to a damn good immune system. I was going to say, that's probably from all the dirt we ate as kids. Well, that in our generation prepared for this kind of a scenario in life. I mean, how many times did you get grounded as a kid? Fucking almost every other day. Right? Same here. Oh, 10 days in quarantine? Oh, no problem. I got this. <laughs> I mean, nowadays we've got more shit to do. You know. No. I mean, I've got a Twitch light that I play on. My wife just got an Xbox One. I have an Xbox 360. I have my computer. I was good, but second day into quarantine, I was wishing I could could have gone right straight back to fucking work. Yep. Because I was tired of looking at all these damn kids around here. I'm hungry. I'm bored. That's mine. No, that's mine. He hit me. She kicked me. At that point, you're like, fucking shut up. At that point, I was on the phone with my mom. Can you make me seven child-sized straight jackets, please? I mean, that's true. That, that, that sounds very true. I mean, I know I would. Oh, only, two of the, only two of the kids in this household are mine and my wife's. The other five are the roommates. Ah, uh, nope. Yeah. I don't live in a house. I live in a zoo. You need the straight jacket. Oh, please. They won't let me back. Yeah. I've tried. Yeah, they won't let me come back to the insane asylums. They're afraid I'm going to take over again. That sounds fair enough. <laughs> but all right. Last time I was there. It only took me 23 hours before I had complete control of the insane asylum last time. <laughs> only 23 hours. Yeah, yeah. Just 23. That's all I needed. I'm sure now I could probably do it in about six, but there's more stuff that I could throw out there to some of the other people to 
get them on my side and be like, hey, let's do this. Yeah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> As we got people listening from everywhere, we, we don't do that here. <laughs> Ideas well, like can said, wander. I mean, Dean Santa's pounds won't let me back. I've tried making reservations even just for a weekend. Just for a vacation. And they won't let me. I mean, vacation sounds nice. But all right. All right. Well, you take it easy, Crystal. All have a good night. Yes, sir. You too. Oh, I'm going to try. I think I'm going to jump on and play some uh, Battlefront 2 on my Xbox One. Ah, there you go. He's playing God of War on the PS5. He's playing God of War, so. All righty. What system? PS5. PS5. Ah. I'm an Xbox guy, but I like God of War. Yeah. He's got an Xbox One, but we have Xbox Ones. Uh, let me clarify that. One's still sitting in a box. But then we've got the PS5. <laughs> well, shit, load up one of the Xboxes and jump on the Fortnite. I do not know. Uh, Fortnite's terrible. My kid plays Fortnite. I'm good. We try to avoid that game with, like, but... I will let you go so I can end my exit. Alright, you take it easy, Crystal. Alright, you too. Yeah, bye. bye. Alrighty. So that has ended. And just remember, be safe. It is spooky season. It's spooky season. Enjoy your Halloween. Just be careful back Due to everything. This has been Whiskey, Wine, and True Crime. Starring Crystal, Kelly, Tech Bitch Paul, Drink Bitch Janelle, and Research Bitch Chris. We hope you have enjoyed the show. Until next week, you fuckers. Good night.